here are some questions for you. We are captivated by love, but how do we keep it? And what is love anyway? Is it a feeling, a thought, a choice? Is it a set of behaviors? And where do we get our definition? Who teaches us to love? What if only one person in a marriage loves while the other one wants out? What if you are the one working on the marriage, not wanting to quit? What if the love you once had seems dead and gone? These are some of the questions that we're going to go on a journey unpacking. But let me warn you, it is a hard journey and it's not for the weak at heart. This is the tough stuff. This is some of the narrow road that I believe God talks about. And few choose it, truly. Few choose to do the hard stuff of the heart. But this, y'all, is how we can change our life, our marriages, our family, and subsequently the world. So perhaps God designed marriage so we are brought to the end of ourselves, completely and utterly useless in succeeding at it unless we are totally and helplessly dependent on him and his love. This premise will not make a great movie. It goes totally against the fantasies of marriage that the world tells us it should be. But what if God really intended marriages to be a vehicle for refining us in a fire like we've never felt before? An opportunity to die to self and become more and more Christ-like. What if he designed marriage to be a relationship perfectly designed to help us learn what unconditional selfless love really is and really looks like? or perhaps an opportunity to reflect to the world Christ's love for us. Certainly, those are some of his heart's desires. Welcome to Have You Not Heard, a podcast hosted by licensed counselor and author of The Perfecting Storm, Angel H. Davis. Join her as she shares stories of hope and restoration from her 30 plus years of healing experience The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking your own licensed mental health professional, but a source of inspiration for your own journey. If you enjoy what you hear, be sure to like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. Now, here's Angel. Hey, you guys, welcome back. I'm so glad you're joining us today. As promised, we are beginning the series of The Perfecting Storm. I gave you a little bit of intro to it a couple weeks ago. Then I had that amazing conversation with Joyce Hurd that I couldn't wait to post. So I went ahead and did that. I hope you've listened to it and it's edified you, and it's given you an idea of how to respond in these days to the times we're in. But listen, just this morning, I got two more requests for marriage counseling. Y'all, our marriages are under stress, and they are struggling, and we need help. So we're going to dive deep We're going to look at God's word. We're going to look at some hard stuff that we may not like because a good marriage that perseveres over time follows Christ to death. Okay, some of you are 
turning me off already. What I mean by that is we die to our own agendas and we pick up his agendas. And marriage is a great opportunity to learn how to do that, to be more Christ-like and to learn how to sacrificially love more. But I'm giving away all the good nuggets. So let's get started. But buckle your seatbelt because we're going on a wild ride and it's a great adventure. So I start out in the book talking about some very loose statistics. Um, They shouldn't even be called statistics. They should be called guesstimates because it's my anecdotal uh, guesstimate based on what I saw over my practice in my counseling office. So I would say 10 to 20% of marriages are made in heaven, meaning they just get along, they communicate well, they have fun together, their personalities really mesh with each other. um, And most of their storms are not internal, they're external. They come from external things. So for example, I have a great... um, missionary couple that I know that someday I'll get to have on my podcast, but um, they have this incredible marriage that they're really simpatico. It's, it's truly probably what you see on, you know, the Hallmark commercial, things like that. But their storms come externally against their marriage because of how united they are for Christ and what they're doing for Christ. So they have to battle in that way together. Then um, there's like 10 or 20% of marriages that are damaging, that are abusive, that are unrelenting and not changing despite your best effort and your best prayer and your best counseling, they remain destructive. So I'm not talking about those marriages. I'm talking about the common everyday 60 to 70% of us that live um, in a marriage where one sinner is married to another sinner. We hurt each other, not meaning to. We're unhealed, so we throw arrows at each other, not meaning to. And we have to learn how to um, live together and meld our personalities, meld our um, differences in order to work together for the good of the family and for Christ. So God uses marriages, I believe, as a refining fire. And some of you may be clicking me off right now and not wanting to listen anymore. (laughs) And I get it because I didn't like that either. I didn't like the fact that it may be the one place that I thought um, I had dreams of that would be like Hallmark, I must say, Um, meaning that I had um, preconceived notions about, I had unrealistic expectations about what marriage would uh, be like and be, and do for me. Uh, Keyword here, me. Um, There was a lot of me involved in my marriage, which I didn't realize, again, because I was blind due to belief systems I had due to unhealed heart. I'm going to say that over and over again until you get tired of hearing it (laughs) because 
that is the game changer for us to get our minds renewed and our hearts healed. Um, so I'm talking about those kind of marriages, and those are the ones that I would see most commonly in my office. Marriages like mine, uh, we've grown apart. We just don't communicate well. All we do is we parent our children, but we don't really have a relationship. It is super easy to neglect your marriage, um, especially in our culture where a lot of us tend to revere our children and put them on a pedestal. And so we've got to first reorder things and we've got to put Christ first, then our husband or wife second, and then uh, look at our family and our children. So in our secular world, we are redefining what marriage is and what it should look like. And even before that, um, the secular world just said, if the marriage doesn't work, just toss it out and try again. But that's not what God's word said and says for us today. So perhaps he has a different paradigm for us to look through. One of the fundamental questions in your marriage boils down to what kingdom are you going to live for? Are you going to live for the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God? And this certainly impacts our marriage, but it actually just impacts our entire life. The kingdom of self, let me just read some descriptives of what that looks like. It is small. It is limited because our self is a very limited thing. It is antisocial because it's focused on me. It's focused on my feelings, on my personal happiness. And out of that comes a control because if I'm focused on my feelings, my happiness, then I have more of a need to control things. And that control and that need to be happy and have my feelings focused on then creates anxiety. And it actually lives leads to a selfish love. Kingdom of God, on the other hand, is spacious. It is spacious. It is so big and so vast. We can't even begin to experience it all or describe it all. It's destiny oriented. It has purpose. It is other focused. And truly, contrary to what it feels like in our flesh, being other focused brings us freedom. It's focused on the truth of God's word versus our feelings. So it's what God says is true because his word is the best for us. It's focused on God's pleasure and obedience to him. It's focused on our surrender to his truth and wanting to please him. And it's resting in his goodness and the grace of God. So it's empowered by him. And we can rest because he's done all the work that we need need in order to be successful in, in our marriage and in the things we're trying to achieve. Love then becomes sacrificial. It becomes other-focused. It becomes larger and bigger and much more pure-hearted because it is the heart of God. 
So in a nutshell, kingdom of self, the self reigns, God is dethroned because only one person can be on the throne. The kingdom of God are self-surrenders and God reigns. So we each must make that choice in our lives. And it's not a one-time choice. It can be a day-by-day choice, sometimes a minute-by-minute choice. It's easy in a marriage to get focused on issues, finances, communication, in-laws, and those are important, but they're not our starting point. We have to decide which kingdom we're going to look out of. We tend to get sidetracked by the issues, but if we don't have a good starting point, it's not likely that we're going to have a good finishing point. So we can focus on those issues. We talked about the finances, the, the communication, the, um, you know, in-laws, all those things. And those are not bad things to pay attention to, but if this root stuff, if this selfishness and what kingdom we're operating out of is not dealt with, then those issues will go round and round and round and round. And that's what I found in my office. And that's what I found in my own marriage. But on the other hand, if we decide to operate out of the kingdom of God, then he has done the work for us. And so our thinking will change. Our agenda will change. We will make different choices we can reflect to our spouse and our kids in the world what sacrificial love looks like. One of the books of the Bible that I would recommend, if this interests you, that you really um, uh, study and read and learn from is the book of Ephesians. And it is where the famous, you know, uh, marriage uh, quote comes out of, but that's in Ephesians 5. It's towards the end of the book. The beginning of Ephesians talks about who God is, who Christ is, what he's done for us, what he's already bought and paid for for us. And then it talks about who we are in Christ. And so if we don't start there, then we're starting off in the wrong direction. In order to be free enough to think of others, we have to know that we're fully loved and accepted and chosen. And we have to know what Christ has done for us. So again, if I peel back the layers of marriage issues, I peel back the layers of the heart and the insecurities, the offenses, the rejection, the anger, all the different feelings that come up in marital discourse, not all the time, but very often, very often has to do with one or the other person, or maybe both, not knowing who they are in Christ. Because let's face it, our parents are not perfect. I mean, I got two adult daughters. They're both in therapy trying to get over our parenting, okay? (laughs) I mean, it's true, but not just us. They're dealing with other stuff. But I'm just saying, we cannot be perfect. We are not the perfect parent. We only have one perfect parent, one perfect spouse, one perfect human ever, and one perfect God, and that is God the Father, 
and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. So the Trinity is our perfect parent. So we have to be loved and accepted and known by him. And then we are not trying to get from our spouse what only God can give us. So when we have that hole in our heart, I talked last week about the rejection route that I had. When you have this hole in your heart that you think you're not worthy, you think you're not good enough, um, or you think people are out to get you, or you can't trust anybody, whatever it is that the hole in your heart is, that has come from either parenting or experiences growing up. It, not everything is the parents' fault, um, but it's our influences and our experiences from the past that we carry around. If those are not ministered to, healed by the Holy Spirit, and if our belief about others and ourselves and God is not altered to match the Word of God, then we cannot be secure in love. We cannot feel that security in love. And so then it will be played out in our marriages. So that's why this is the starting point. This is what is so important to get rooted in. And I know, I know, I know, I know when your marriage is bleeding out, meaning you're in desperate need and you need things to change today. This is not what you want to hear because this is exploratory surgery. This is uh, a series of surgery. This is not a one-time fix. This is not you're going to go into the ER and all of a sudden come out with a Band-Aid that's going to heal over time. Although the Lord can work that way, he's probably not because he's more interested in our hearts getting right and our mindsets being correct so that we can live a full life than he is to just zap us and make things all hunky-dory for us. Again, hard truth, but very true because he's very loving. Kind of like if you're a parent and you know your kid needs to struggle to learn something, you don't want to, you might want to run in and rescue them and help them not struggle. But the more loving thing to do is let them struggle and learn on their own because of what they gain from it, because they gain so much in their confidence, in their self esteem, and in their uh, ability to trust and all kinds of things. So the struggle is good and it's healthy. And so God helps us that way also. He loves on us that way also. Our own choices have great ramification, not just for ourselves, but for others. And so in order to let God have his full say, we need to do this tough work and it's worth it. I promise you, not every marriage will get saved. I understand that. And God knows that, but boy, so many more could get saved if we were willing to do this tough work. The other sad thing that I see about people not doing this work is that they get divorced then they go on with their unhealed hearts and unrenewed minds, 
meaning they carry the same wounds, the same mindsets into the next marriage, because most people do remarry. And usually they pick somebody that they think is totally different than the spouse they left. Well, they get married and you stay married enough time and you start living together and doing life together. And you realize, oh my gosh, the same patterns are here. I'm having the same kind of feelings, the same kind of problems because they're unhealed in yourself. So there's nobody else that's going to fix your heart for you. There's no perfect spouse out there. I promise you, if you're thinking that there is not, there's one perfect spouse and he is Christ. But beyond that, no human can be perfect and they will fail you. But I will propose to you that until you do this work, this work of the heart and the mindset, you don't know what potential your marriage has. The saddest thing to me is to watch somebody give up on their marriage before they've done the hard work. It just makes my heart hurt. Number one, because they don't trust God enough to do that hard work, which is sad for themselves. But it's also sad because again, Uh, your choices, the choices we make, eventually affect the body of Christ. Oswald Chambers observed that war is a conflict of the wills, either in individuals or nations. So again, we may be upset about what's going on in the world around us today. I mean, there's a lot to be upset about, right? But we don't have a lot of control over the entire world, but we do have control over the war going on in our own hearts and our own minds and our own homes. So I pray that this will be a beginning of looking at that for yourself. And we go back to some of what we've already talked about on this podcast, that we are to search our own hearts. We're to let God search our minds, the the anxious thoughts within us, the sin within our hearts, the unhealed places in our hearts, so that he can minister to those. And um, next podcast, I'm going to unpack more about what that healing looks like. How do we dive into that? But for now... Until next week, what I'd love for you to do is is search your own heart with God. Let him look at where are you at in this marriage? Are you in need of him to show you who he is truly, what he's done for you on the cross, how his salvation can impact this marital issue today, right now? And then Search your heart with him and see, do you really believe that you are a chosen son or daughter of Christ, that you are loved, you are known, you are accepted, you are the beloved of Christ? Do you have that as your foundation? Is that a touchstone for you? Because we got to get the foundation right in order for the other to flourish in order for our relationships to flourish. So I'm praying for you, hoping you'll do this tough work. 
I mean, come on, this is the time. <laughs> we need to be doing this. God is, is giving us opportunities to um, be authentic, to be raw, not to throw arrows at each other, but to sit with him and let him look at our own hearts and minds and do a new thing in it because he's capable and he's ready, he's willing, and he's more than able. Thanks, you guys, for being with me today. Again, some hard truths, but really good truths. Remember that anything valuable costs a lot. So relationships are the most valuable things we have here on earth. And let's let God do new things in our relationships in this season. And we can rock the world as our hearts get refined in the crucible of marriage. So stay tuned for next week where we will dig into healing and other concepts and stay prayerful, stay rooted in Christ. And until next week, this is Angel H. Davis signing off and God bless.